Hey everyone, welcome to the Off the Rails show on the OFD podcast. I am your host, Joshua Voles, site manager, emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. And just getting through another weekend, one one last Saturday with no football. Now, I know people are counting the NFL games, and okay, I get it. But for me, a college football nut, uh, it just, it, it's not the same. Now, the, the good thing for college football nuts is that uh, these NFL preseason games do uh, do show a lot of the a lot of the uh, NFL draft, the recent NFL draft picks, and so they're recent college guys. We we get a look at them. So I, you know, it, it's one of those things every year where you look at it, and it, it is the worst kind of football to watch, honestly. But it, it's a little something because we're all ready, right? We're we're ready to go. We're ready for for fall camp in the summertime to start, and and I think. Uh, you know, the, this year there's there's a lot of lot of interesting things uh, that can come about in Notre Dame's fall camp. There's a lot of different, a lot of question marks that we've had, and that that hopefully they'll find some answers. So tonight we're going to talk about, you know, a little bit of kind of a, <clears throat> I guess kind of a fall camp preview. Sure, why not? Um, <laughs> but uh, we're, we're, we're gonna. This is going to be some. Uh, Easy drive time listening, all right. Or this is going to be your your quick commute. So, so we're just gonna we're gonna kind of go over kind of what we're we're hoping to see out of fall camp. You know, so what are some questions? What what are we going to get out of out of this uh, as we hurdle ourselves towards uh, playing in the Pizza Stadium down in Louisville? So, but before you can really get camp going, there. I mean, there just has to be some captains made here. I mean, at some point, Brian Kelly has to pull the trigger on who the 2019 Notre Dame captains are. He just has to. I mean, I couldn't imagine going into any camp without, you know, any fall camp going in without set leaders. Not just that, you know, the thing like, well, they know who they are. No, I mean, you need to have set captains going in. Especially with the condition with freshmen coming in, you know, freshmen are already there. They're they're working out, man. They're they're starting. They've already started their quote unquote grind. But this captain situation has got to get handled. I I, I am still dumbfounded at why the wait. I I don't see the point. I don't see the purpose in waiting. I, I spring ball should have been enough, and I think Kelly. And I'm paraphrasing terribly here, but I think they said that he said that they needed to see more from them after spring. I mean, I just don't get it. It makes zero sense to me. And maybe I'm putting way too much more way importance on this, but I've seen what happens to talented Notre Dame football teams that lack leadership. And it's not a good thing. I think 2013 was a, was a, a a year where that was the case. I, I just felt that there was poor leadership on the team, uh, which helped perpetuate a uh, a pinstripe bowl championship season. So, you know, just take that as a warning, I guess. You know, 
But uh, there's been a lot of talk about who the captains, you know, may or may not be. And and I know, and tonight, you know, I, I guess I'll lay out who I think, I, I'll lay out who I think they will be. Uh, not necessarily who who I think should be. Because look, you know, I'm not, I'm not there. None of us are the coaches. None of us are the players. You know, we're not privy to every single ounce of what's going on, but I can guess what's going on fairly well, I think. And so I know one of the, one of the names is keeps getting brought up. And I think it's just a natural reaction because of the position is Ian book. But you know, I, I've had to sit down and really think about this one hard. And we've talked about this already, where Deshaun Kaiser was the only quarterback that was named a captain, and he didn't even play as a captain. He chose to go to the NFL the, during Brian Kelly's era. He just he has stated before that the quarterback has a lot on their plate already and that he's a leader as it is. He didn't need any more, uh, I don't want to say distractions, but, you know, didn't need any more on his plate. But I do kind of see that happening this year. I think Ian Book, and I, I know this is going to bite me in the butt, but I just I just think it's going to happen. I think this is the year that they, they do put it on the quarterback. I think, as many other people believe, I think this is Ian Book's last year in South Bend. Uh, and I, I just think they're going to – Put it on his shoulders, the offense on his shoulders, to see what they can do. Now, that's not been a recipe for success in the past, uh, but, uh, you know, Ian Book is in the past. He's the present and hopefully the future here. So, I think Ian Book eventually, or, you know, gets that C on his chest. I think Robert Hainsey gets that C on his chest. Uh, Liam Eikenberg is a name that gets brought up a lot, and He's a guy that I think I would want. So he'd be in that category of like guys that I would choose. Um, but like I said, this is a I'm doing more of a prediction here than who I would want. Hainsey is was a leader last year on that offensive line, continues to be so. Um Eichenberg, I, I mean, I like him a lot. I think he's a guy you can follow into battle. Uh he's one of the biggest boys out there. Uh He's a mean guy, you know. I, 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 I still blush um, with a whole lot of respect. The, you know, the the, the reason why you don't ever hear from Eichenberg anymore, and when he said that you're, we're going to go down to Blacksburg and beat the shit out of him. Look, I love it, and it's refreshing. And you talk to most media members, they love it, and it's not because it's a great thing to report. It's just the fact that. You know, you just like to see – you. there's more players like that in the locker room than you'd imagine. The, the whole media game, and I'm not – this isn't – when I say media game, I'm not playing it like the media is purporting this. It, it's – or <laughs> or that the media is creating this. I'm just saying the media game that Notre Dame plays and or that everyone plays. Like everything has to be so prim and proper leading up to a game, you know, afraid of bulletin board material and all that. Man, I, I just – I don't care. I, I, I'm not dis. I don't ever feel disrespected by another team's players saying something about Notre Dame, and I don't ever feel that. I mean, it's part of the game. It's an emotional game. You should, if you think that's bad, you should hear what's going on out in the field. That's 
all I'm saying about that. But I think so. I just think we're going to go evened up here. So booking Hainsey on the offensive side of the ball. Are there other candidates? Sure. As I mentioned, Eichenberg could be one. Um, I, I don't think Tommy Kramer would would play that role very well. Uh, Chris Fink definitely is a guy that could play that role very well, and and maybe he will. Maybe it's a maybe it's Fink Hainsey, um, but I, I'll still hang it a little bit on Book. Maybe, and if I if I'm splitting it up positionally, I mean, I or group wise, I guess you could throw Finky into the mix for special teams. He'll be playing. You know, he's a returner. But, you know, I, I would think a special teams captain should play more than just punt return. Um, so, you know, yeah, we'll go with Book and um, Book and Hainsey. Anybody got a problem with that? Oh, I can't hear you, so we'll move on. And then on the defensive side, look, I know everybody loves Gilman. I love Gilman. I think Gilman is a special player who brings – a lot, you know, out there to the defense. I mean, just his aggressive play, just there's just so much that he has done. And the way he uh, the way he kind of just like owned owned everything, owned his spot, you know, owned the just took control back there. But I just don't know how vocal he is. You know, he's not a, one of those guys who's whose voice is constantly heard. Um, you know, we saw uh, against Navy in the locker room speech, and someone else has brought this up before, but that just was out of character for what Gilman does. Uh, but they're, the guy next to him, though, and he's the guy that I keep pushing on everybody. This The name on that first name that comes out of my mouth almost, you know, on a daily basis from talking about Notre Dame football is Jalen Elliott. Look, Jalen Elliott had a great season last year, and he's a talker, man. He's a guy, and he's a guy that the team respects. There was a video on the offseason that I saw, and it completely has me sold still to this day. I'm, you know, I'm waiting for the Ed Reed speech from him. That's the kind of, that's the kind of vocal leadership that's needed, and that's the kind of vocal leadership that I think he, he can provide, and I think... I mean, I think he's a lock. I think I think the Gilman lock for people should be the Elliott lock. Not to say that Gilman can't be or won't be, but I definitely think Elliott will be. And then you look around the rest of the defense, I, I, I think it's just it's hard to really nail down someone other than your safeties. I think Julian Aquara could be, and, you know, but... Just because you're the best player on the team, and I would say that Julian Aquara is probably the best player on the team. Uh, I didn't vote him as the at number one in the in my top twenty five players for uh, for Doug Farmer for on NBC, but but that's not to say I didn't have him number two, uh, and I had reasonings. But what I'm saying is, is that you know he is the guy, right? So I you could pencil him in, and you know. Take what I said about Aloy, and as long as you have Jalen, I think you could you could have both those safeties as a, you know as your captains. I, I don't I don't see why that's it's just weird to 
I mean, it's just weird for Notre Dame to have two really good safeties. At it, you know, it, it just is. So maybe that makes it weird to think that you could have both guys be captains. But I think if I had to predict, I think Elliott and Aquara. And I think, you know, Khalid Kareem's right there. Um, you know, but, you know, if, if I'm sticking to my own rule, my own dumb rule of, you know, the two and two, which Kelly said wouldn't necessarily be the case. I mean, but you don't know what what he's saying to say. You know, I think Aquara and Elliot would do all right. And then you'd have Book and uh, Hainsey on the offensive side. You know, special teams-wise, I, th- I think you could go down the line for a few guys. Um, <laughs> but, you know, who would you put that C on your chest? I mean, I think... You know, I think Derek Allen's going to see a lot of special teams play this year, but do do you make him a special? Do you make him a captain? I I don't think that's, you know, that's going to be the case. You know, maybe the same can be said about uh, Jordan Gemarkeith, but in the same respect, I think that's the case where you can really necessarily make him a captain either. Maybe Asmar, maybe maybe Asmar will will see a lot more special teams action this year. And being a Mike linebacker, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they they squeeze him in as a senior, uh, as a senior. I don't know, but I, I think your four, the four that are locked in, I I believe will be Book, um, <laughs> yeah, Book Elliot, Aquara, and Hainsey. Yeah, I mean, Book could be the wild card. I mean, I, I think three of those four are definites. Book could be the wild card. Maybe the, maybe it's Fink then instead. So, but before you get to fall camp, I, I just feel that you need to lock this down. So, and we've talked an awful lot about that. So let's move on very quickly. So going into going into uh, fall camp, it's a lot like spring in a sense that you're still trying to answer questions. And I think with on the offensive side of the ball. Your, your bigger questions are, can Ian Book push the ball downfield? Is Jafar Armstrong running back one? You know, or is it or is it 1A to Tony Jones, 1B? Are your wide receivers are set, your depth set at wide receiver? I think Chase Claypool, Chris Fink, and Michael Young are, are – pretty well locked in as your as your one two and three and that's great and i i am fully fully support that but is lawrence keys ready is brayden lindsey ready is kevin austin ready is joe wilkins ready at tight end is cole Komet ready to step up and be the man you know behind him he's got brock wright and tommy tremble you know and i one of the Funny questions that I ask, but yet I think there's, you know, is, uh, you know, that fullback role, the H-back. I mean, you call it H-back. I'm going to call it fullback. You know, but that Brock Wright handled, is Brock Wright still in that position or does Tommy Treble take over for that? You know, I, I think that's important because that's a package. Is Notre Dame going to be able to run a two-back set? You know, we saw some of that against Syracuse, and I still gush at the – at the 31 fullback trap that we ran. So, you know, then you look at our offensive line and it's, you know, it's solid. 
it's the same line as last year, minus Mustafer and Sir Patterson. So your biggest question mark is can Patterson truly take it over? I think he had a good spring. I mean, first time he's been a center. He had a good spring. I think they expect a lot of him. And I think that they're they're going to be looking for a lot of cohesion there along that offensive line. I mean, we should expect a lot from these guys this year. Eichenberg, Banks, Patterson, Kramer, Hainsey. These are big guys. You know, four of those five have a lot of playing time behind them now. You know, what do we see from Josh Lugg? You know, is a guy like Quinn Carroll going to be able to step up, you know, in a support role, you know, coming off the bench? Freshman. You know, and they, he's basically a number two right tackle. You know, you, you, you don't know what's going to happen injury-wise, right? Something could happen in fall camp. Something could happen in game four. Something could happen in second play game one. So getting these guys ready, because they did not have a great season on the offensive line last year. They just didn't. It was a, le- you know, the, a lot of learning. <laughs> and Alex Barr's going down was, a, was, I think, much bigger than anyone was placing it. I think it was huge that, that Bars went down. It's not to say that Banks didn't play well in his stead, but I thought Bars was playing really good. I thought he was playing really well. His best football by, you know, of his life, and unfortunately that he got the injury. But looking at this year, are they going to be able to, 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 to take one of those hits, you know, and fill in and still be productive? Because a lot of people are thinking this offense can score 40 points. I've yet to run across some now, it, which is funny. It gets brought up and talked about, and yet the people that I'm, I've interviewed and, and I've spoken with think, eh, maybe 40 is a little high. And if they're going to get to 40 points a game, it's going to be a, a passing. It's going to be a passing game. So does that take some of the weight off of Jafar? Well, yes and no, because Jafar is probably going to be included in the passing game quite a bit. You know, like a lot like we saw against Navy. I think they'll they'll definitely want to see more of that this year. But Chip Long wants to run the football, which is fantastic. I mean, that's what we've been screaming about for years, right, guys? But so, can you do? Can you do that? And be that forty-point team. You're gonna have to be. You're gonna have to be explosive in some areas. And can Notre Dame be explosive? You know, can Michael Young, Chase Claypool, and Chris Fink make those big plays at you know wide receiver? I think they can. I think a lot of people are doubting them and want to insert sophomores that have barely seen the field to supplant them, which is just ludicrous to me because of supposed speed, but, you know, I think those guys can step up. So offensively, it's just a lot of coming together, putting it together, and really, you know, you can't say the name Jafar Armstrong without saying, you know, holding up or stay, you know, stay healthy. It's a lot like what we talked about with Dexter before. So, I mean, those are the things... In, in fall camp that we're going to need, we're gonna, that they're going to have to work on and need to see. 
So moving over to the defensive side of the ball, there's a lot more question marks. Now, the front line, the front four, I should say, I think we're, we know pretty well where we sit. You know, we are stacked deep at defensive end. You know, at the drop with Julian Aquara and Dalen Hayes, yeah, that's, that, that works for me. On the other, on the other side there with Khalid and Ogundeji, yeah, that works for me. You know, you could insert Ovi at the drop as a third. Justin Admiola over there, defensive end on the other side. I mean, just there's there's bodies. There's a legit three deep there at defensive end, and that's not even including names like Isaiah Foskey and Nana Safa Mensa. A couple of freshmen who I think in previous years you would have these freshmen, you know, put up on the depth chart a lot, a lot higher, probably going into fall camp at a need. But that's not the case now. Mike Elson has really, gra- you know, turned this position group around for Notre Dame with recruiting and development. It's finally to a point where, you know, we're, we got good defensive end play. On the inside, you know, at the nose, I, th- you, I think you got a home run. With Kurt Heinisch. I, I think I I like his play. I like his aggressive play. He's he doesn't make a lot of stats, but you don't really I mean you know what technique you're not you're not gonna be making a whole lot of plays, but you're making a lot of plays for other people. And Heinisch can do that. Then over at the three, you got MTA coming back and who was who's been very productive. He was very productive his freshman year. Unfortunately, saw that injury last year. Didn't get him till you know till the very end. But backing him up is Jason Admiola. And look, the the Admiola twins. Jason was highly productive when he was in the ball games last year. And so was Justin. So these guys can produce. So what you're looking for along your defensive line is to be able to rotate guys in and out without losing a whole lot from your front line guys. And I think that's what they got now. You know, the reason being is you keep these guys fresh. You know, you want them out there attacking like hungry dogs, not whip dogs. So, you know, and back, you go back over to the nose, you know, does David Lacey, uh, you know, is he the answer behind Heinish? Uh, I think he could be, yeah. You know, and Jamin Franklin's healthy now and coming back. You know, if he's fully cleared and ready to roll, I it, that isn't really an, an injury that I think you have to worry about it happening again. Uh, so, I mean, as far as you know, with knee injuries, you get all in ankles, and that stuff has a tendency to you know maybe come back and hit you again. But Franklin's was a different case, so you know he could he's probably definitely going to be that's what we're going to see right this is what we're talking about for fall camp who's going to emerge as you know your rotation your main rotation guys and so i i think that's as interesting as anything now you move to like an entirely different scenario with your linebackers and i'm just still not sure what Notre Dame's going to do i'm i think what they would like is Asmar at the mic, Lamb at the buck, and Owosu Koromoa at Rover. And I think that's all fine and dandy. But I think a lot of people still have a lot of questions about Asmar, and I think rightfully so. 
you know, can he play the mic really? But I, he definitely offers a lot more athleticism and speed than what we had with Coney, but they're just two entirely different players. I, you know, Coney was such an aggressive and good tackler. You know, can Asmar be as, can he approach any level close to that kind of produ- productivity? I, I just don't know. You know, is Shane Simon ready to step up, be the mic? You know, I think Asmar has it going into Louisville, but can he hold on to it? it you know, and that's going to be determined by his play on the field. You know, is Shane Simon ready to take that next step? It's funny, we had Shane Simon crowned as the next as the next rover for the next three years, and now he's moved all the way over to the mic. And there was que- there's questions about his playmaking ability in space, so it makes sense that you put him at the mic, I guess. And then at Buck, I mean, yeah, we love Jack Lamb, right? But we haven't really seen Jack Lamb. We don't really know what Jack Lamb's all about just yet. You know, it'd been nice to have seen him in the spring game, a little more game competition style. Well, we didn't. We had Jordan Gemar Keith, and I think that he showed some good things, but I think there's a whole lot for him to improve upon. Is Lamb better than that? And I think the coaches tend to lean that way. But we'll have to find out. That's a fall camp battle right there. At Rover, I think they're they're – you know, they're set with Jeremiah Wosu-Koromo. Of the three spots of the Mike Rover and, and uh, Buck, I think Wosu-Koromo is, is the guy that's probably f- more firmly entrenched in his spot. And backing him up is going to be Paul Moala. And, you know, Moala did the move from, sa- you know, it's the classic move from safety up to Rover. It's what Notre Dame does now. And that's that's great. You know, I think Wallace put on some more pounds. He's an aggressive tackler. He's got good speed. Um, but I think we I think we should be very, very pleased with uh, Awosu Koromoa. So to get, just getting that linebacker situation straight now it would be a, a huge win for fall camp. You know, I'm not even going to go much deeper into it, but we're, those are the players play the game. <laughs> You know, let's let's figure out who's gonna who's gonna rise to the top there. You know, I still feel it's gonna be Bilal, Lamb, and and Jock, but you know, maybe Simon just shows out, and there's no way they can't play him ahead of Asmar. Well, moving over to the defensive backs, and you know. <laughs> As we said earlier, you're set at safety in your front line. Elliot Gilman, just like, wow. that's The play that they provided last year, they can do that again this year. Defense is already looking pretty good. But backing them up is the question. You know, does Kyle Hamilton step in as a freshman and be able to, to work his way into a, a number two spot? I think we all expect a lot of him, but... Is that really going to be the case? You know, does Derek Allen take that next step? Did the move for DJ Brown in the spring, you know, does that does that mean that uh, you know does he get better? Does Fall can't come around and and he continues to improve? Is he going to get in the mix? You know, there, there's so there's some question marks behind Gilman and Elliott, and 
you know, you're going to need those guys. I think you you definitely want to have someone set there to come in and free up some snaps from Gilman and and uh, Elliot. The guys just played just played too much last year. You know, get, get, then you're going to need some breathers, especially for the long season that it is. And then corners, it's, a, it's another kind of a mess. I mean, we, <laughs> you know, talking all all this talk about boundary and field, left, right. And really boils down to is Troy Pride is is our best corner, and he will be out there. Who else is going to be out there? Will be our next best corner. That you know you could put Pride on either side. Is basically what it boils down to. So Houston Griffith didn't have a great spring. Doesn't mean he can't get improve and get better in the fall. Treak Bracy. A freshman last year who saw a lot of playing time, did well, had another good spring. Can he, you know, does he lock it down? Is it Pride Bracy out there? Is it Pride Griffith out there? I don't know. And then the nickel, you're looking at Sean Crawford, who's been our best nickel since the day he stepped on campus. Does he continue to be the guy? Can he stay healthy? Does he see time opposite Troy Pride? You know, is... Does Houston Griffith see more time at nickel again? Does Avery Davis see any time at all? I'd, I would hope not. Do they do something different? Does We've mentioned it before. Does Hamilton come in at safety and Elliott move to nickel? You know, could you see a – is there a package where it's, you know, Hamilton and Gilman back at safety, Elliott at nickel, and Crawford and Pride at corner? I I think that could be something that they do. I think just about any you just you want to get your five best guys out there, well four four best guys, as much as possible. And I think that that's what they're working towards. And I think that's a big reason why Pride's going to be a lot more flexible come this season. And so and then I'll end it with this special teams. Jay Bramble's your punter. There's no question. However. At kicker, I do think, and this is just just a big guess, a big a big gut shot right here. I do think lacrosse bro kicker gets ends up getting the nod over door. You know, I think throughout Kelly's entire time, and this is the thing with Polian too, is they like the separation between your place kicker. And your kickoff guy, you know, between field goal and kickoff. So, I think that they'll want to keep Door as your kickoff guy, and and I know everyone's just groaning hearing that. And then lacrosse bro kicker, I think he wins the job as your place kicker. It's not, I mean, freshman coming in, Justin Yoon, Kyle Brenza, these guys play as for Brandon Walker. Your kickers come in as freshmen and play, and they can be a kicker for four years. It's not a problem. So can he win it in the fall? I think that's the, you know, that's a, that's gonna be a battle. I think, and I, I think that's what ends up happening. And I, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're gonna want to have different legs doing different things. So that's what I got for you. So that ends the show for right now. 
hey, go on over to SB Nation. Make sure you sign up or over to One Foot Down. Sign up for the SB Nation's Fan Pulse. Vote for your top 25. You listen to this podcast, you like it? Go to Apple Podcasts, rate and review. If you don't like it, rate and review. Just looking for some response, looking for some feedback to get back with you. This is not the normal OFD podcast. This is the off the rail show. This is just me ranting. I tried to keep it around 20 to 25 minutes. This has obviously gone over, uh, but we had a little bit more, uh, just a little bit more to get off my chest. Was so, no big deal, right? So do all that. And, uh, and as we roll on uh, towards fall camp, it is coming up. I mean, we are, we're getting close, y'all. Get excited. So I thank y'all for listening, and go Irish. Go Irish.